the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. Tonight we're going to look at 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 through 9. And we're going to talk about the disciplines of the Christian faith. And as I was thinking about these things, thinking about how all of that is born out of our intimacy with Christ, God kind of hit me while I was standing there singing, intimacy is born out of my love. It's a hard thing to do. It wasn't fair. He knew I was going to come up here and speak. But he impressed me with how much, how much he loves us. His delight in us. We're going to talk about that tonight. But intimacy is born out of love. And so many of us say, you know what? I, I haven't experienced what you call intimacy. Well, stop trying to define it in your flesh. And embrace his love. Because you have intimacy. And if you deny its presence... If you believe that what you experience in this body is more real than the supernatural, everlasting, unfailing love of God, then you are wrong. You're wrong. So as I said, 1 Timothy chapter 4, and if you've got a Bible with you, turn there, verses 6 through 9. And in these verses, you see Paul encouraging Timothy to hold fast to the faith. And I'm not really big on sermon titles, as my wife will tell you, because I want you to hear the emphasis that the Spirit has for you, not mine. However, I'm going to call this one the pursuit of godliness. And I know that there are a lot of things titled that. There's books titled The Pursuit of Godliness, and there's all kinds of messages that have been preached on the pursuit of godliness. But I think this title kind of captures what Paul is talking about. And for you uh, self-appointed guardians of grace, we are going to talk about discipline, but it's not legalism. Legalism is the pursuit of salvation, righteousness, and the favor of God by your works and by what you do. Legalism is a self centered or man-centered relationship with God, and that's not what we're going to be talking about tonight. So don't let the enemy set you up to miss the truth here. This is about the discipline of the soul. It is about participation in a relationship. 
Not just our being in a relationship, but participation in a relationship. And those of you who are married know the difference. In Bible study, we just finished a three-part series on marriage. So I was reminded of all of the analogies and metaphors of, that marriage creates in our relationship as to our relationship with the Lord. And those of you who are married have come to understand this, that marriage is not a self-sustaining entity, is it? It requires a lifelong determination to pursue your mate. It's not something that you can just put on autopilot. You don't have to do that. You don't have to pursue your mate. And and you could still be married before God and man. But it will be a lifeless marriage. And you will not truly know or experience what it means to be married. You will send yourself to an empty relationship that creates its own misery and frustrates your self-centered pursuit of happiness and fulfillment. In a relationship between a man and a woman, God designed the man to be the initiator and the woman to be the responder. And initially, this is self-sustaining, right? We're happily fulfilling our roles because we're enjoying one another. However, at whatever point either party stops fulfilling their God-given role in the marriage, the marriage begins to die, doesn't it? If the man decides that once the honeymoon is over, that his part is done, and now that she is his wife, he no longer should have to pursue her, the marriage begins to die. And if the woman decides that now that she has her husband that responding to her husband is is discretionary and finds other things to occupy herself, then the marriage begins to die. In our relationship with God, it's kind of the same way. In fact, marriage, as we know, was created by God to illustrate union, to illustrate our relationship with Him. And when we became Christians, we said yes to the pursuit of God. We said yes to his pursuit of us. And in our relationship with him, he is the initiator and we are the responder. Now the thing is that God never stops pursuing us. He's never slack in his passion for us. He never stops loving us. He is faithful He will not reject us. He will not divorce us. He will not put us aside for another interest. He is faithful. But in order for us to enter into the fullness of that relationship, we must meet his passion for us with determined faith and obedience. If we passively set aside his advances or his gifts, then we'll drift away from the intimacy of the relationship and lose the experience of being in union with our God. We will fall away from our created purpose and become increasingly distant as we become more and more responsive to the advances of flesh and the world. This is what Paul's warning is to Timothy. Keep the relationship alive and passionate by responding with faith to God's pursuit of your soul. That's what God's pursuing. Your mind, will, and emotions. He's already got your spirit. But you know the soul 
constantly drifts in and out of the truth of his presence, doesn't it? God is ever pursuing our attention. Give him your attention. Return his love and devotion with your faith in the full embrace of truth. The pursuit of godliness is just fully embracing your union with Christ. Fully embracing your union with Christ. That's living in the context of that union. If you don't know his love, if you have disregarded his love, if you've set aside his love, if your relationship with him has become distant and religious, then intimacy for you will be a problem. It's hard to live in the truth of his love for you when you won't live in the truth of your love for him. In these verses, Paul is exhorting Timothy to be determined in his pursuit of godliness and to hold to the disciplines of Christian faith, to refuse distractions and error. You see, Timothy, as we know, was installed by Paul in the role of pastor at the church of Ephesus because they had been invaded by false teachers and those who were purveyors of error, and they had twisted and worked a poison within the doctrine and the belief of the people. And Timothy had come there and was diligently seeking to remove error and replace it with truth and to restore the believers to truth. So let's look at verse 6. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6. We're going to go through verse 9. Verse 6 says, if you point out these instructions to your brothers and sisters, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, constantly nourished through study on the words of the faith and of the good Christian doctrine which you have closely followed. Now, I know we covered this last time, but it's part of the context that we're going to begin with. So Timothy is concerned, you can tell by the way Paul is writing, that Timothy is actually concerned about making sure that he is being obedient to the calling that is his in that church. And he is concerned about fulfilling his role as a minister in that church. And there's a lot of doubt and fear that probably comes against his wars against his soul. And I know that Paul refers to Timothy as a young man, and comparatively speaking, he was, but he was actually in his 40s at this point. And Timothy had spent a long time walking with the Lord for his comparatively short years. He was a devout, he was an earnest and faithful servant. So he had more than just a passive acquaintance with truth. And what Paul is telling him in these verses is he's saying, you know what, Timothy, all manner of things are going to come against your soul. They're going to come against you to distract you from what you're about there. All manner of things are going to present themselves as priorities. But your priority is to keep yourself in the truth. Now understand this, that that doesn't mean that Timothy was outside of the truth. We have the truth within us. What he is saying is hold on to the truth of Christ as your life and the scriptures that affirm the truth of who Christ is to the child of God. That's what he's talking about there. 
he is speaking of the Word of God. And he says, constantly, constantly being nourished in the study. So Paul is addressing the desire, the desire to minister, the desire to do things right by giving him some guidance. And Paul is, is also, you notice at the very beginning there, in Timothy's charge, he says, instructions to brothers and sisters. And that, that is to keep it in a familial context. And ministry is done, if it is done at all. It's done in love. It's done in the familial love of a minister to brothers and sisters in Christ. It is done in the context of our agape love for the Father and his agape love for his children. So, what is Timothy pointing out? What is it that he is to be pointing out to his brothers and sisters? That is the contrast between truth and error. That error always leads to bondage and truth sets us free. That false teaching and error is demonically empowered. What God has given us is to be received with thanksgiving. That means received as a gift, not as a right, in the context of our relationship with Christ. So in instructing them and pointing them towards truth, away from error, he says you will be performing As an excellent minister. Now, what is an excellent minister? What does it mean for Timothy to perform as an excellent minister? Well, first of all, his heart has to be passionate for the truth. And the truth is a person. His heart has to be passionate for the truth. And he must make sure, make a part of his discipline to be nurtured in the truth. Now, that's more than just reading the scripture. It's kind of along the lines of what Enoch did, that he walked with God. That is how we become closer and intimate with the truth. We live with the truth day in and day out. We acknowledge his presence, his working in our life. We embrace him in the context of our living. We do not dismiss our relationship with him as being religious or perfunctory or part of our ritual. He says, Timothy... Be constantly nurtured in the truth. Did you know that the Word of God is nurture? But here's the thing about the Word of God. The nurture of the Word of God must be hand-fed by the Spirit of God. Otherwise, it's kind of like me setting a plate of food in front of little heirs back there. He doesn't know what to do with it. He wouldn't know where to begin. He knows he's hungry, but he doesn't even know what he's hungry for. The Word of God is to be hand-fed by the Spirit of God. So how do we do that? That sounds good, but how does that work? That works by faith. I come and I open the Word of God. I spoke a little bit about this last week. I open up the Scripture, and I trust that His Word is there. And I trust that his nurture is in that. And I trust that I do not have to know it in my emotions or intellectually have it written upon my mind in order for me to be fed by the Spirit of God in the Word of God. It's faith. We grow in the nurture of the Word of God by faith. We begin by going through the motions, believing God's in the middle of it. That's right. 
through the word of God with a desire to know, to meditate upon it. Now look, that is not flipping through our daily bread. Though I don't doubt that God can speak through our daily bread. I know he has. That is not listening to Charles Swindoll. Though God can speak through Charles Swindoll. It's not listening to Todd Granger. Though I pray God speaks through Todd Granger. It is literally you saying, Father, your life, your presence, your word to me is worth my time and my pursuit. So by faith I sit and open your word and let you feed me, Father. That's a little bit different. The word good, he says to be a good minister, the word good can be translated as noble, admirable, or excellent. And the Amplified is correctly translated that word. And the word is actually deaconos. It's the word we get deacon from, which means servant. It means that the minister of God is to be a servant. The called servant of Jesus must see himself as a servant. Why? Because a servant humbly attends and cares for those in their master's household. He gives according to the master's desire. He cares for others, not out of his own resources, but out of the resources of a master. Out of the unlimited generosity of his master. He serves in his master's name so that all who are being attended to recognize that it is his master's giving. His master's word. His master's service. So, for me to be a minister, for you to be a minister, which is deaconos, a servant... It must be you being yielded to the master in order to bring forth the ministry of Christ. It's not the ministry of Todd. The ministry of Todd won't do anything but waste your time. It is the ministry of Christ speaking to you. That's what you have to have ears to hear. Also, I understand that this was written to Timothy who was called... To be an anointed pastor and teacher of the world. But the reality is we're all called to Jesus. And we're all called to be the ministry of Christ. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And as servants of Christ, we're to live that out. And the battle against error, which Paul is addressing here, the battle against error is fought by living out the truth. Now here's the thing. Truth will affirm itself. But we do not battle error by preaching against error. We do not battle error by constantly telling people what we don't believe to where they have a little familiarity with what they do believe. We're not going to approach it from that standpoint. We want to approach it from the standpoint of truth. And being completely indoctrinated in the truth, we will know to avoid error. The longer I serve the truth, the more I see error being pruned from my life. Little things, perspective, fears, doubts, unbeliefs, false understandings. As I walk with him, those things are dropping off little by little. And the same is true for you. If you're avidly pursuing him, you will see little things changing in your life. 
Now, occasionally God does do radical surgery, but not that often. Usually it's just one little thing at a time where God moves you to say, you know what, Todd, you need to make this a priority in your life. Todd, you need to see things this way. You need to see it from my perspective. Todd, you need to listen to me in this area. Todd, that little attitude doesn't suit you. Todd, that perspective is not godly. Little things that drop off along the way. Error is not removed by us knowing all that there is to know about error and then trying to prune ourselves. That's the job of the master gardener. It's not our job. And what we'll end up doing is making a bunch of legalistic, self-denial, ascetic errors that we believe have made us more righteous but haven't done anything but mutilate us spiritually. So, we combat error with truth. As a church, we don't want to make sin or false doctrine or apostasy or carnality the focus. We are determined to make the way, the truth, and the life the center of our preaching and teaching. You cannot defeat error by preaching and teaching about error. If we're not discipling Christians in truth, teaching and affirming the new covenant, if we're not seeking to mature them in the discipline of living by faith, then we are not functioning as a church. You see, truth is your immune system. It is the immune system of the Christian. And for most Christians, it's fairly weak. As ministers of Christ, we are to be building one another up in the faith by the way we determine to live out the truth. To exercise the discipline of the soul. Now notice that verse 6 is in present tense. So he says, Timothy, you will be a good servant of Christ. You will be actively a good servant of Jesus Christ. If you are constantly, through study, nourished on the words of faith and of the good Christian doctrine. Why? Because you live out of your nurture. You do. As a man thinketh, so is he. This is why it must be constant. Because I'm going to tell you something. The assault on your soul is constant. The undertow to cause you to believe that this body and this world is your reality is constant. The enemy's attack on your faith and trying to distance you from an ever-present God is constant. The perspective of the world is constant. The constant change of definitions of what is right and what is wrong, of what is moral and what is immoral. It's constant. But the one thing we know is that it is the truth that sets us free. And if we do not make the truth our nourishment, And I'm talking about the person of truth, and I'm talking about the word of truth through the person of truth. I'm talking about the fellowship that we have with the truth. I'm talking about prayer. I'm talking about corporate worship. I'm talking about the scriptures. I'm talking about all those things. If we cannot be consistent in being nourished in the truth, we will be consistent in being nourished with a lie. There is no middle ground. You can't take it out of gear. You're going forward or you're going backwards. In terms of your belief. Not in terms of your relationship.
with Christ. Again, at the beginning, I said, God is the initiator. He is the pursuer. And he's going to pursue you no matter how distant you become. No matter how far you fall away. No matter how negligent and carnal you become. He is going to pursue you with passion. And when you turn, it'll be like the prodigal and the father. He will run and embrace you. He will embrace you as his own. But how much pig slop do you want? That's what happens when you feed from the world. That's what happens when you become twisted in your perspective and begin to see this body as your be-all, end-all existence. Truth is the immune system of the believer. Why do we think that it's important to walk as closely with Christ? He told Timothy that he must be continually fed on the word because it's the nurture of the spirit that feeds him. And here's the thing that I think about. Timothy had been a companion of Paul. He had seen the miracles of God. He had walked closely with the Lord. He was acquainted with what there was in the way of Scripture. He had heard Paul teach over and over again. He was Paul's disciple. And yet Paul needed to stress to him how important it was for him to be continually nurtured in the faith. So I'm wondering, how important is it for you to be continually nurtured? How important is it? Thank you for joining us for His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger. This program is the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. If you'd like to know more about us, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. We would love to have you join us for worship. We meet on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 1307 Blanco Woods at the corner of Blanco Road and Blanco Woods, just inside Loop 1604. Also, if you would like to help support this ministry, you can send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.